Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey there, everyone. Rachel Carmen here today for another day in our Abide series. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. I must confess to you that when I do these series, I have so much enjoyment sitting in my office space surrounded by all of my different translations of the Bible and my concordance and all these different study helps that I have. I just have a blast studying the things of God and His Word and bringing it to you. And I must admit, even then, how much of it ends up on the editing room floor because our time here is so limited. But I do pray that it is a blessing to you as we seek to honor God through our study and our pursuit of His truth in our lives. I'll be right back after this to pick up this series. We're going to wrap it up in the next two podcasts. In the past decade, the Action Bible has helped millions of kids across the world better understand the stories of the Bible. Through vivid illustrations and fast-paced stories, children have engaged in God's Word like never before. Now, in 2024, there's a new edition, the Faith in Action Edition with enhanced features. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition has a new color design, 230 Bible stories, and digital resources that help kids grow in the knowledge of God's Word. These resources include hundreds of devotional prayers, timelines, maps, Bible facts, teaching videos, activities, and more. Additionally, kids will learn about seven major themes of the Bible. These themes include courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. The Faith in Action Edition is the most complete illustrated Bible for kids. You can purchase your copy today of the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, or wherever books are sold. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com. All right, everybody. Like I just said, let's review where we've been and then let's get on with today's podcast and not this time, but next time we'll wrap the whole thing up. So we have talked about in this series of Abide based on the passage in John 15. You remember John chapters 13 through 17 is considered the upper room discourse. Some discourse, some scholars eliminate chapter 13. That's really not the point of our discussion here. The point is that in chapter 15 of John, Jesus makes his declaration, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he encourages his disciples with 
abide in me. If you want this life that I've come to give you, he says, abide in me. I'm the vine. I'm the source. You're the branches. You can't do this without me. He declares over and over, I can do nothing without my father. And then he says, and apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's this strong encouragement from Jesus himself that we need to abide. Some translations use the word remain in him. And we've discussed in our other podcast episodes, what does that look like? We discussed the practice of abide. That's wait and obey. We discussed the participation part of abide, which is a response to the invitation that he extends to us to be involved in what he's already doing. God is in the process always of doing two things, glorifying himself and doing whatever's good for us. He's always doing those things, those two things, always. And he invites us continuously to participate with him. We can always, we always have the choice to rebel against him. That is tragically a choice. Love gives us that choice. But the best choice is that we would participate with him, right? And so we go from practice to participation and then persevere. And persevere means that we endure and rest in him. So we've already talked about that. If you've missed those episodes, go back and pick those up because today what we want to talk about is what's the purpose of abide? What's the point, right? And it's this and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. So let this sink into you. The purpose of abide is the promise of transformation. This is the idea of sanctification. You can, those two words are interchangeable, right? And so it's the process by which we become what we've been declared. So let me back up a little bit. When we accept the Lord Christ as our Savior, when we acknowledge that we are sinners, that we are thereby separated from a holy, mighty God because of sin, there is a chasm that we cannot cross. We can't. There is no amount of good works that we can do. There is nothing that we can prop ourselves up with to get back in right relationship with God because we are marred by sin. In Genesis, God created man and woman in his image. And yet, when sin came into the garden, when Adam and Eve chose against God, right? Sin then entered into human nature, and we are by nature sinners. And so once Jesus was sent by God to be the propitiation for us, to pay the sin price that you and I can't pay, to make a way for you and I to be reconciled to the Father. Because as sinners, the righteous wrath of God God is just. His righteous wrath sits on us. You'll remember Leviticus 19.2. The Lord invites us, admonishes us. Be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. God is holy. He cannot be where sin is. And so as long as we're sinful, as long as sin is what we are, and that's what we are without Christ's blood covering us, We cannot be where God is. So God, in his love for us, sent his son to pay our sin price, the perfect lamb of God on the cross of Calvary. He died once for all. 
when we accept him as our savior, when we acknowledge our sinful condition, accept his sin payment on Calvary, humbly confessing and repenting of our sin, we're justified. We're justified. We're declared righteous. Sanctification is the process by which we become what we've been declared. We've already been declared righteous through justification and then through sanctification we become righteous. So we've been declared his children, right? And then he takes us through this process. And we're going to look at a chart about that in just a minute. And the whole chart is available to you over at rachelcarmen.com. I've done a long study guide that you can print out and go deeper into all of the components that we've discussed in this series. And the chart that I'm about to go over is included in that study guide if you want to go over there and pick that up. So that is the important part of what we want to talk about today is this whole idea of transformation, this promise, this promise that God is not done with us. See, God loves you and I enough not to leave us where we were even yesterday. Even yesterday, he's calling us closer. He's calling us to let go of ourselves. He's calling us to become what we've been declared as we put our hope and trust in the Lord Christ. And so we have this passage in Romans 5. I'm going to read it to you. It's a little, it's a few verses. So just indulge me for just a minute. Romans 5, beginning in verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, by Jesus' blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Jesus. For if while you were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So again, Jesus makes reconciliation to the Father possible because of his death on Calvary's cross. We're going to come back in just a minute. I'm going to go through this chart that I've made, the differences, comparing and contrasting the differences between justification and sanctification. I'll be right back. In the past decade, the Action Bible has helped millions of kids across the world better understand the stories of the Bible. Through vivid illustrations and fast-paced stories, children have engaged in God's Word like never before. Now, in 2024, there's a new edition, the Faith in Action Edition with enhanced features. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition has a new color design, 230 Bible stories and digital resources that help kids grow in the knowledge of God's Word. These resources include hundreds of devotional prayers, timelines, maps, Bible facts, teaching videos, activities, and more. Additionally, kids will learn about seven major themes of the Bible. These themes include courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. The Faith in Action Edition is the most complete illustrated Bible for kids. You can purchase your copy today of the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, or wherever books are sold. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, 
guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com. Okay, I want you to imagine two columns. Again, you can pick this up over at rachelcarmen.com. Two columns, one entitled justification, the other sanctification. So we're going to go point by point down these two. So justification, God does. Only he can. Remember, only he can justify us. Nothing that we can do can justify us before a holy, mighty God. It's not possible. Sanctification, however, requires our comp- our cooperation. This is the process by which we become what we've been declared. And we have an opportunity every single day, every single day, in every interaction, in every daily rhythm, in everything we participate in, to lean into this sanctification, this molding, right? In my case, often a chisel and a hammer, right? God is trying to form me into the image of his son, which means he has to knock off a bunch of junk so that I can be more and more like Christ. Next, justification's instant. The moment that I receive Christ as my Savior, I'm justified. And in contrast, though, sanctification is a process. It's ongoing. You're not instantly sanctified. Sanctification takes time. It it takes time to become because I've I've I'm lost and I'm a sinner. I've got sinful habits. I've got a sinful nature. So even though I have been freed from sin, right? It takes me a while to form new habits and not continue in my sin. Justification is an individual act. It is something that I do, just me. In contrast, sanctification is an individual act that I do, but usually in community. The sanctification happens within community. That's why you and I have these people in our lives that are not like us, (laughs) that are difficult to get along with, that we don't understand, that frustrate us and aggravate us. God in his wisdom and his providence has ordained these people in our lives. Sometimes they're our spouses or our kids or our neighbors or the people we go to church with or work with, right? And God has them in our lives to help form us into the image of his son. Justification is finished. Sanctification is progressive. And again, sanctification depends on our cooperation. We can fight against it or we can lean into it. And I'm going to just say the best thing is to lean into it. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in today, Whatever challenge, whatever situation, whatever frustration, whatever trial, whatever grief, whatever wounding, whatever, I promise you it's part of what God's doing for his glory and for your good. I promise. I promise. And I really do believe that that's why Paul admonishes us to give thanks in all circumstances. Because when we get a vision, a perspective on what God's in the process of doing, again, glorifying himself and doing what's best for us, right, forming us into the image of his son, then whatever happens, we can thank him because we know he's going to use it for those two purposes. Justification. 
I am immediately adopted as God's child. Uh, Sanctification is the process by which I'm assimilated into the family. And that's harder, right? And so this assimilation into the family, I'm, I'm finding my place, my role, my position in God's family. And you know what I know. Family relationships can be tough. They can be trying. And yet again, they are ordained for our sanctification, for our good. At the point of justification, we are set apart for God's use. And in the process of sanctification, we're sent into battle. Paul writes about this in Ephesians 6. He tells us how to suit up so that we can go into battle, so that we can engage, because we are in a spiritual battle. There are spiritual forces that we cannot see. I think that is a protection over us that we can't see it. I just don't think that we could handle it. And yet, we're warned of it throughout Scripture. And Paul says, you need to make sure that you're suited up for this battle because it is a real war. And here's the really good news. We win. We win. But we got to fight. We still got to fight and we still got to engage. We still got to engage. By virtue of justification, we've been crucified. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave his his self for me. So the whole idea is at the point that we are justified, we're also crucified with Christ. And yet, through the process of sanctification, we are invited to live that death. Because we're no longer living for ourselves like we were when we were living in our sin. We're now called to live the death, the crucifixion that we've been called to, to live worthy. That's how Paul puts it over and over. In justification, we are set free from sin. And in the process of sanctification, we are now slaves to Christ, in which there is great freedom. There is so much freedom being a slave to Christ. And that's what we're called to. And then here's the cap of these two in this compare contrast. In justification, I have put my trust totally and completely in the crucified Christ on the cross, in the resurrection on the third day. I have put my trust in that. And in sanctification, I am called to obey over and over and over and over. I hope that that chart helps you see the opportunity available to you to see on the left-hand side through justification all that God has done in sending his only son, the price paid at Calvary for you and me, and now this invitation, right, to become what I've been declared, to become what I've already been declared. I'm a child of the king, and now he is inviting me to trust him through this process so that I can burn off all of this dross, all of this sinful nature can be removed as I progressively go through this process of becoming what I've been declared. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, but one of the examples that I have of this process, I actually have two for you, is my Nana Burt's Pickles. 
when I was a little girl, one of my favorite things to do in the summer was to go visit my grandmother, affectionately referred to as Nana, Nana Burt. She lived in Levy, Arkansas, and she was an amazing woman. I still miss my Nana. She was an incredible gardener and cook. I remember she would talk about making a mess of green beans or a mess of new potatoes and It was just a glory to go to her house in the summertime and get up with her in the morning and go out to her garden and pick all the fresh produce that she had. She could grow anything. It was just amazing. And that was my childhood was being in her garden. And I would sometimes go when she canned her maters, tomatoes, or her green beans. And in the summer, every meal was fresh from her garden, whether it was fried squash or sliced tomatoes, or new potatoes, or onions, or corn on the cob, or or any number of different items. Okra, fried okra, that was one of my favorite things that she had in her garden. And I would spend a week or two with Nana, and those are some of my fondest memories. I remember going to church with her on Sundays, and she would sit When the preacher would start preaching, she would take out her Bible and open it on her lap. And her ritual for the beginning of the sermon, her ritual at the beginning of the sermon was to put Jergens lotions on her hands. And to this day, if I smell Jergens hand lotion, I think of my Nana Burt. She knew how to clean and fry chicken and discipline a child like many in her generation. She always hung out her laundry on the line. She loved cornbread and buttermilk on sunny nights, and she hated grubs in her garden. She never wore gloves when she worked in her garden, and she insisted that the secret to her banana bread was that she always matched the bananas by hand. Her hands are one of my favorite memories about her. But one of the things that she was known for was her pickles. So she always grew all these different kinds of cucumbers, and she made sweet pickles and spicy pickles and relish and dill pickles and all these different things with her cucumbers. And one of the remarkable things to me about that is what I learned about transformation. Because Nana Burt would grow these cucumbers that just smelled so sweet and so good. And then she would cook and mix together her brine and she'd slip in those cucumbers. And cucumbers didn't come out the other side of her canned pickles. Only pickles came out. Because those cucumbers abided in something, it changed them. The lesson here is, We need to make sure, we need to check what we're abiding in because it's going to change us. Jesus knew that when he admonished his disciples about the importance of abide in John 15. He knew that. And so he instructed us to abide in him as the vine. I see a couple of men in the New Testament, Peter and Paul, both of whom were changed because they chose to abide. Peter and Paul both had an encounter with Christ. Peter was called by Christ. He was one of the disciples. He spent three years with Jesus. And so his encounter with Christ was very, very, very personal and ongoing over three years. 
And I am actually kicking off a series about Peter. That's going to be the next series we're going to do. And I'm very excited about it. So I'll get more involved in Peter's story arc during that. But Paul also, you remember, his name originally was Saul until he encountered the Lord Christ on the road to Damascus, on the road to persecute the people who were following Christ. Jesus interjected himself radically into Saul's life, and he was blinded for three days. And a man named Ananias came to him, and Saul was so changed, so, so transformed that his name was changed. And so that is what you and I are invited to, is that kind of justification. Saul got it. He realized what he had done. Jesus said on the road in the bright light, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, Saul only thought he was persecuting the people of Christ, those who were following him. But Jesus goes, no, you know, persecuting them is persecuting me. Why are you doing this? And he had this call on his life. You and I might not get a bright light on a road, but it's the same call. It's the same invitation. I hope that you can see the outline that we have walked through right here in the life of Saul Paul, because that's what it was. And he was changed. And you see this change. Paul wrote 14 books in the New Testament. And if you dare to read and study that, you see a man transforming. His initial change was pretty dramatic from Saul to Paul, so much so that he was persecuted and very quickly in his ministry, they wanted him dead. They wanted him dead because here's a guy who's gone from persecuting to proclaiming and the religious leaders wanted him out of the way and yet he did not shrink back and yet one of the most encouraging things about the story and the writings of Paul is this wrestling that we see. He's admonishing us. He's strong. But he's also talking about his own personal struggle in this whole sanctification process. Go back and take some time to read Romans 7. In Romans 7, the doctrinal backbone of the New Testament written by Paul, he talks about in Romans 7 how what he doesn't want to do, he does. And what he wants to do, he doesn't do. And he's talking about this struggle that you and I have. Even once we've been declared a child of God, this process of sanctification, this transformation process, it's tough. And sometimes you and I get into it. We know what we want to do and we don't do it. And the things we don't want to do, we do and we get discouraged and sometimes we give up. But that passage in Romans 7 there is given for our encouragement we don't need to give up. We need to keep on. Keep on going. And if you continue to read Paul's writings, Paul over and over encourages us to keep on, keep on. He talks about the fight that we're in. He talks about the importance of being sober. He talks about the importance of living worthy. He talks about the importance of standing firm. Over and over, Paul is saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't give up. Let the Holy Spirit be your strength. Stay in this. Run this race. 
He talks to Timothy in First and Second Timothy about the importance of staying in the fight, the importance of not giving up, the importance of enduring, of persevering. And that's what you and I are supposed to do. Way too often, we expect our moment of justification, right, to just make everything else easy. It's not going to be easy. We have an enemy of our soul who wants to take us captive. Once we're set free in Christ, he wants us back. And he's going to fight hard to get us back on his side. And we've got to fight. We've got to allow the Lord Christ, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the gift of the Holy Spirit to be our strength. We've got to dare to lean in to Jesus. We've got to dare to trust God with our sanctification process so that we can become what we've been declared. We've got to dare to celebrate to celebrate the workings of God and the Holy Spirit within us. I don't know where this recording in this podcast finds you. I don't know if it finds you in a period of your life where everything's just really going really well, or if it finds you in the middle of time in your life when things just feel really, really tough. But no matter which one it is, you can know that God's objective for you is to form you. And that encouragement that Paul writes, that we are to give thanks in all circumstances, I'm going to dare you to do that if your life circumstances are tough right now because I, I get it. I totally get it. And yet, when you and I dare to give thanks when we don't feel thanks, when we feel overcome and overwhelmed, and tired, and exhausted, and confused, and frustrated, and all of that. But when we dare to thank Him, and trust Him that He knows what He's doing, even if we can't see it, and we don't understand it, and we don't know it, I'm telling you, you and I can rest in the knowledge that He's always, always in the process of glorifying Himself, and doing us good, always. Always. So even that, Paul talks about this, the thorn in his flesh. Paul, again, Paul, this warrior of the faith, this giant in the New Testament, 14 books, right? Do you see his rawness? Do you see his humility and being willing and to lay it out there and say, look, I get it. I too, I too end up doing what I don't want to do. I too have a thorn and I ask God to get rid of it. You've got things in your life that you wish weren't in your life. Circumstances, people, frustrations, situations, right? And you and I, God invites us to lay it out before him. He invites us to bring our prayers and petitions with confidence before him. And sometimes he leaves those thorns like he did in Paul's life because he knows they're for our good. And he asks us, would we dare thank him for them? I have even recently determined to thank God with tears dripping off my chin because even though I can't see what he's doing, I believe he's doing something because that's what his word assures me of. Do you want to be transformed into the image of his son? 
Do you want to receive the promise of abide? This is really, this is the dare that we would lean in to the transformational power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that we would trust God with the process, that we would obey, that we would obey so that you and I can become what we've been declared, the children of God, so that we can bless, so that we can bless all of those people around us. Join me next time. We're going to wrap this up. I have some applications, some tools for you as you seek to abide. Have a great day. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.